Welcome to Chapter 2 of HealthSystemCIO.com's interview with Mark Chasen, VP and CIO at St. Luke's Health System. In this segment, Chasen talks about why the real challenge with wearables isn't the technology, but the ability to extract usable data. How his team works to ensure transformation projects are driven by clinicians with IT support. And the two types of CIOs he believes we'll see going forward. When you look at that patient engagement piece, there's a lot more interest than we've seen before in things like wearables. And, and what are your thoughts as far as being able to in, incorporate that data? I mean, obviously, it's something that's easier said than done. <laughs> sure. Uh, yeah, I see you're referring to the Internet of Things. And right. I see it's imperative that we start down that path uh, of Internet of Things and, and incorporating these uh, consumer devices, whether it be the Fitbit or, or the Apple Watch or, or sleep monitors, where I see the main gap is not in the capture of the information or the technical connections that need to be made. Where I see the main gap is the ability to pull out the appropriate patterns that these devices are providing. There is no way that, and as a physician, they're going to sit and sift through um, 500 lines of pulse capture or amount of steps that you've, that you've walked. We need to ingest that into our data warehouse, need to develop some machine learning capabilities, and have the computer work through and point to areas of concern for the physician or for the care coordinator. Or even from a, if you take a step back, look at a whole entire population that has these wearables and see where there are opportunities to improve the care from that perspective. So I see it in two areas. I see it in the individual patient level, and I also see stepping back and looking at all this data from a, a population perspective. Right. And when we had talked a few years ago, um, this was in an earlier phase as far as patient engagement, but uh, you had talked about the portal and the goal at that point of getting to one instead of multiple portals. And yes. um, what, what are you seeing now with this? Uh, well, we are on one single patient portal, which is, which is great. However, what we're running into now is as you participate in a risk-based contract, not all of your partners are on the same portal or even the same electronic health record. We can solve the differences in EHRs with interoperability, but we need to look for a way to consolidate our patient portals because we don't want our patients to have to go to four or five different portals. I'd like one portal for a network member. And with that, we're working on solutions in, in that way. But I, I think the patient portal is just one aspect. We really need to drive this down to a mobile application, one that is easy, one that can serve multiple needs, whether it be accessing their electronic health record, whether it be accessing a, a consult on the go from a, a nurse, a physical therapist, or even their physician, ability to look at their medications, ability to participate in their care and upload it. And there's a lot more dynamics that need to happen with, with that. Right, right. I'm sure that from your perspective, it's just been really interesting to see how how quickly all of that seems to be evolving as far as how patients uh, interact. Yes. Okay. Um, now, when you talked before about the stabilization efforts for as far as the EHR, and uh, you mentioned the workflows and all the work that had to be done there, and 
Um, as far as that, how big of a role do the clinical leaders play, and, and do you have a, a specific group that looks at that, focuses on that? Sure. Um, it is completely clinical. Mm-hmm. This is the way that we have built out what we call My St. Luke's, is that this is a clinical transformation project with information technology support. My team understands what the best and most optimal workflow can be, but it doesn't provide any context unless there is a clinician. And when I say clinician, a nurse, a PA, NP, physician, dietitian, diabetic educator, anyone that's treating a patient. So we have our stabilization work being driven by our clinician partners. They're the ones that raise the issue. They're the ones that identify the problems within the record. My team then partners with them to really look at what is the most optimized and the most optimal way of solving that that issue. It may be a redo of a current technological workflow or if the technology is, is running as streamlined as it should be, the clinician, clinician group may need to change their, their workflow. At St. Luke's, what I've been the most pleased about is how integrated the technology side is with our business partners. We are no longer looked at as a different group. We are looked at as partners in, in the delivery of care. Right. And that's it's so critical, and that's something that can't just be a lip service, but has to be right. really in place. Okay, so obviously we've talked about a, a lot of uh, projects. Anything else that's going on that that's um, uh, one of your big focuses going forward? You know, one of, one of the other big focuses, which is probably on a lot of people's mind, is uh, two things. One is now that you've, we've gone live with an enterprise electronic health record, now we've got all these other applications that we need to retire. Mm, So we we are going through an application rationalization process of winding down the applications that we are no longer using. And that's become a bigger issue than I thought that it was going to be about a year ago. While we have all these applications, it's it's easy to turn them off. What is not so easy, and, and I'm finding it rather difficult and complex, is what do we do with all the data that is inside these records and how can, once we migrate the data to a centralized repository, how can we serve this up to a clinician or another end user that needs access to the old, to the old record? So we're working, on, we're working on that. Another big issue that we're focusing on is, is cybersecurity. We have done and we continue to train our end users on how to recognize a a phishing email, how to investigate it, how not to give your username and password to any other site but with inside St. Luke's. And that's an ongoing challenge that we're we're working through because it's not if you get breached, we're in the environment of when you get breached. And we need to make sure that our policies and our procedures are robust enough and agile enough for us to quarantine or identify any breach in our, in our network. Do you have a, a chief information security officer? I do have a, a chief information security officer. She is fantastic. Okay. How long has, have you had her? Well, I've had the role already for two years. 
Um, my first uh, CISO got promoted within my organization, so I am now in the process of building my next one up. Okay. Obviously a pretty, a pretty important role to have. It is a really important role. Okay. All right. And um, another thing I wanted to touch on was that um, you just started a term with the Chime Board of Directors. And first of all, congratulations. Thank you. And um, what was it that, that made you want to be part of that? And what do you really kind of hope to achieve in doing that? I hope to give back to the organization that I felt has been a resource to me for, for all these years. I have met so many mentors and, and colleagues and I really felt that I wanted to give back to, to this organization from not only from a policy perspective, but also building out the educational opportunities and mentorship that, that it has uh, given me over the past uh, 10, 15 years. Right. And with, with the people who are heavily involved in CHIME, there's, there really seems to be a, a quite a range as far as uh, experience and areas of interest. And uh, I'm sure that um, it, it's beneficial to have someone coming in with, with your clinical experience. I, I hope so. And, and I am going to continue to be an active participant during my Going on, going for my three years of, of commitment and, and ongoing, I, I plan to participate even after my my board term um, expires. But I, I'd like to continue to bring the clinician perspective into the decisions and and the educational programs that that Chime continues to offer. Right, and I know that this is something that. Um that you've probably been asked, but it's really interesting to me to see how the CIO role has evolved even in the last few years, and how do you think it's going to evolve going forward, and what are the traits that, that you think CIOs really are going to need to exhibit? Sure. So I, I do, that's a good, great question. I do believe that there are two types of CIOs going forward, and each one is, is critical to, to the organization's success. The first type of, of a CIO is more the technical type role. And that CIO is going to make sure that the lights are on, the infrastructure and network is, is running at the highest quality and lowest cost and driving that as a service provider. I think that is a, a role that is specific to an individual CIO and one that, that has a lot of a lot of growth to it because technology is changing. The way technology is deployed is, is changing. And the virtualization of, of applications is, is ongoing and changing. So that service provider um, role is, is key to making a transparent and end-user-friendly environment. Then there's this other type of, of CIO that I view as, as more of a, a transformational CIO they're the types of CIOs that have either in healthcare have been clinicians, whether it be a nurse or a physician or, or any other clinician that has risen up and has the aptitude and, under, and, and likes the technology work and that, that convergence of care and technology. And this individual, I believe, is going to be a disruptor to an organization. They can clearly see the vision of how technology can enable the organization and how we can improve care, how we can make it more efficient, how we can make the patient experience better and overall reduce cost. And this CIO 
is to be perceived as an operator, not a, a technical person, understands how the business runs, understands the pain points and can relate to the end user and, and understand the why and understand how to rectify this. So I, I do see that, that role changing over the next three to five years into those different types of segmented roles. Right. Very interesting. And of course, you, you carry the CMIO title too, and it's been interesting to see how, how that role too is evolving and, and will need to uh, continue to as we right. move forward. So that, that is an excellent question. I see my role in four different, different buckets. I have to oversee cybersecurity, which is a huge risk in the organization. Mm-hmm. I look at general overall IT operations, which is keeping the lights on. My role today has the CMIO role in the clinical area, and then I look at BI and advanced analytics. And what's happening in in my organization right now is that I think I did a really good job in implementing Epic over the last last six years. And what's happening is, is that as our EHR is evolving, my clinical partners are leaning towards having a CMIO that has much more of a day-to-day clinical uh, involvement. So I'm in the process of developing a, a CMIO role that is actively clinically practicing. And with that in mind, my CIO role takes on a different function. So while I will still have cybersecurity, I will still look at the overall IT department and operations what I am really starting to build out is the advanced analytics and machine learning areas as well as an innovation area of disruptive technologies and, and partnering with some tech accelerator programs and trying to see how we can innovate and drive to more efficient care at, at a lower cost and, and at a higher quality. Great. And you're part of the uh, CHIME CMIO um, Leadership Academy, right? Yes, I will be teaching that in early March. Okay. I would think that that would be interesting, just seeing uh, the different perspectives from physician leaders and for those who are, are really looking toward that. Yeah, this is my fourth year doing it. I really like the mentorship and the, the collaboration, not only with the faculty, but the students that attend I have kept in touch with over the years. And as they've developed and moved on, it's, it's a nice uh, – small group that we keep in touch with. Yeah. All right. Um, I think that that covers what I wanted to talk about, um, but thanks so much for giving your time. I'm sure I'm going to uh, be in touch again in, in, in less than three years. We'll have more to talk that'll about, be, I'm sure. That will be fantastic. I look forward to it. Yeah, thank you so much, and I'll talk to you soon. Thank you. Have a good day. You too. Bye. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to this podcast from healthsystemcio.com. To hear other podcasts, Visit our website or subscribe to our account in iTunes at healthsystemcio.com backslash podcast.